Welcome to Radio 5G, where we sort fact from fiction, conspiracy from falsehood, reality from the unknown. And by doing so, we change the collective consciousness of humanity. A production of CosmicReality.com Welcome to Radio 5G. This is pre-recorded to be aired on February 1st, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins and Mark Joseph will join me in the second hour to discuss an interview between Christopher Jordan of Curious Realm Broadcast on Facebook and Robert Duncan, Dr. Robert Duncan. Some of the topics covered are hive mind, transhumanism, and the spiritual war we find ourselves. Hopefully you will find it thought-provoking interview, and we will be back in the second hour. Thank you for listening. Coming to you from the city of the weird. Exploring topics from the esoteric and unexplored to dimensions unknown. Shining a light of truth on the darkest corners of our reality. Welcome to the Curious Realm. Well, hello everybody and welcome back to this episode of the Curious Realm podcast. Chris Jordan here. Our guest in this segment, the amazing Dr. Robert Duncan. Um, he's typically here talking about TI, targeting technologies, other other incredible technologies that are out there. Uh, he spent years and years working in labs, uh, coming up with this kind of science, coming up with algorithms, all kinds of things. Uh, we will be talking today about the, the non-local reality, the fact that are we living in a matrix, in a in an actual illusion? Welcome back to the show, Dr. Duncan. How are you doing? Oh, great. Thanks for having me back on. Uh, I always enjoy your very relaxed conversations. And, uh, and um, yeah, so this is a, a little different. This is more uh, theoretical, metaphysical. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about what most humans have difficulty in uh, believing, and that is we exist through our human condition, our experience mm. of being human and trying to model reality, the physical reality outside of us, and where exactly is the subjective and objective experience, where is that information, where does it lie, and hopefully we get into it here that I can prove not only there are higher order intelligences than us as single human beings, but that, uh, that the universe itself is conscious. So. Oh, that, sure. That's my bold statement for the starting off. Not, <laughs> not just your bold statement. Um, the bold statement of numerous, numerous guests we've had, especially people like, uh, Lyle, um, Lim Buchanan, remote viewer, mm. uh, the, the folks that we've had that, that were laser physicists that became remote viewers and stuff like that. Like, it's interesting to me that the whole field 
of remote viewing, everybody that was involved in Project Stargate, from the paper that begat the program, which was basically a paper by Hal Putoff saying that um, experimenters were inadvertently affecting their experiments. Yes. Well, in quantum physics, that is exactly right. You cannot observe an experiment without becoming part of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because at that point, you are putting an expected result. And as soon as you put an expected result out there, you have now tainted, technically, yes. the experiment. That's correct. That so, and, and, and even though that's subtle, um, it goes right back to the conversation that we had an episode ago about manifestation. And, and about the fact of like, this is, this is something that has been spoken of for generations, for millennia, the idea of, um, being able to change the world around you, being able to manifest things in the world around you. And we are just getting to the point, Dr. Duncan, that, uh, these things are a reality in the world of quantum physics. Yes. And I, it's funny you bring up manifestation and, uh, yeah. That's a word that a lot of people don't fully it's a understand. It's a buzzword now. It's like saying New Age back in 1972. Yeah, it, it is. And But uh, what we're going to find out, uh, our species lives long enough that we were our own gods all along. We are the creators of the future and of reality. And, uh, and so if you manifest something through your own mind, in your universe, your localized, well, I'll even say localized universe, the degrees of freedom of mind that you have, uh, you are shaping it. Now, now we have to get into precise definitions. What does you mean? Is it all your cells connected since birth through four-dimensional space-time from fingernails to the end tips of your hair, yeah. or use something far greater than that. Uh, and uh, I always like to give the analogy of uh, the gestalt mind. Now, gestalt mm. means the whole. Now, yeah. neurons that make up our brain. Now, just give me this. Don't please. You know, we don't have to debate it. No. Uh, whether we're quantum computers or we're just are, you know, a biological computing yep. systems, whatever, but the parts are, do not add up to the whole. And that means the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And we, we know this in network theory and information theory, but now I want to take it to even another level, uh, outside of ourselves, the disassociated remote viewing state, mm. whatever you want to call it, where you become one with the light, the larger life form of earth or fellow man or, or whatever you want to call it. Sure. And then, um, we are definitely, as Einstein said, an optical delusion of our consciousness that we are prisoners of our own mind because we cannot reach this very often. There are some that can, this feeling of wholeness of mm. seeing the bigger organism of which we are part of. And, uh, 
So Einstein said it very eloquently. I, I don't have his quote in front of me. Uh, but the, the, it's very important that of going from the sense of self to realizing you're a neuron in a much larger brain. Yeah. Now, whether you get to feel that or not, uh, depends on how well you can separate yourself from the body and be part of the larger information flows. Yeah, yeah, because you, you, you really do have to realize that, um, you, you are a, you are a point of datum in a set of data. Yeah. That is, that is what you are to the universe as, as a whole, period. And, and a minute ago when you were, when you were talking about, we don't, we don't have to have the conversation of soul. We don't, we don't have to have that existential conversation. All we have to do is realize the fact that regardless, there is an energy that is created by our atoms or that even just holds our atoms together, whatever force of the universe you want to call that. By all known physics, quantum, particle, theoretical, what have you, that energy cannot dissipate. It can only change form. It cannot be created or destroyed. That's correct. And a lot of people miss that. Uh, that that's just you, physics. I'm not, I'm not talking. Physics. I mean, if you want to call that afterlife because your vibration or whatever held these particles, because right now you're in, you're in Idaho. I'm, I'm in Austin, but we're sharing electron shell. Exactly. We are 90% empty space. I am not sitting in this chair. What, no, what I sure. consciously know to be my buttock is, yeah. is <laughs> repelled by the electrons of what I know to be a chair. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's what I'm feeling by, by yeah. all non-local theory. Yeah. 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 You're, you're so right. And, uh, what's interesting is what we're doing here, uh, is a form of hive minding. Sure. Uh, although a lot of people just say, well, it's conversing. No, it's actually more than that because, um, if you were the last man on earth, okay, what are your relationships to the universe or animals or plants on your planet or yeah. however you stay alive? But, uh, um, it, hive minds, we went from snail mail, you know, people on ponies delivering mail to telephone to the internet, telegraph, blah, blah, blah. And now the next step is we're going to, be able to communicate at the speed of thought, which is basically the speed of sound in neuron form, so bionic gradients, but sorry if I'm babbling a little bit, but, <laughs> but, uh, and then when we're beings of light, literally mm-hmm. in faster information processing form, we will literally be a whole of communication specialties everyone's mind is accessible at any moment with each other. And now this is far into the future of our species survives. But, sure. Sure. Uh, but, and, and it just, just to be clear, uh, Robert, you, you are not a religious man. You are not a, you are not a church going man. I'm not, I don't, I don't know your personal no, full on beliefs I'm or habits, but I, we've been friends for a few years now. I follow you on social media. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mo- most church girlers I know give their pastor a shout out at Easter or Christmas, you know. Um, it- it's not like this comes to you from 
any kind of religious or spiritual no, no, depth or adeptness. Absolutely, and I, I'm glad you pointed that out, because I've reached the same conclusions as spiritual people, but from a totally scientific point of view. Yeah. That I can prove logically and mathematically through inductive and deductive reasoning yep. of the subjective experience of being, uh, as well as the objective yeah. uh, understanding of the mathematics and physics of the universe, that this is absolutely a true thing. Yeah. Now, whether you want to anthropomorphization, yes. I uh, can't even say the word. Anthropomorphize? Yes, thank you. <laughs> and uh, they, you know, personify it mm. into human-like entities. Well, we have to do that as humans. Sure. But, uh, well, um, like you know. said at the beginning of the conversation, in order to understand the phenomenology and, and the anomaly, you have to understand the condition. You have to understand the human condition and what we yeah. are to begin with yes. in order to understand how this phenomenology plays itself out and, and how, like you're saying, we are but a neuron within the hive brain. Of the universe. Yeah. And isn't that fascinating? So here, let me uh, go into please uh, something, thought experiments. Einstein okay. always loved his thought experiments. And uh, and I would ask this in high school, in my prep school. Um, the, it's uh, now referred to as the teleporter problem. Uh, teleportation, like in the Energizer problem of the Star Trek movies, series, or sure. television series. Uh, if I had you on a table and I could stop your brain, you know, let's just say freeze it for a sec, you know, have, um, micro, a nanosecond, and I did surgery and I took one neuron out looked at its connections, synaptic connections or whatever, kept it stabilized, put it on a table in three-dimensional space, and replaced it with a synthetic uh, equally computation unit. We'll call, we made it out of silicon rather than biology, perhaps. And uh, doesn't really matter. It could be an entire table of pool balls and a causality. But it does the same function, equivalent function. And I keep doing this. And I, and then I ask you, let's say I bring you back to life or stop yeah. uh, the time freeze. Is, do you feel the same? You're going to say, yes, I feel exactly the same. And now I've replaced half your brain with silicon form and I've put the other half that hasn't been started yet on another table. And I keep doing this till the surgery is complete. You are going to say you feel exactly the same. Now you're, you're made of a different substance that has the same function, but you feel the same. You will claim you are the same being. You have the same sense of self. And now I bring back to life the other person on the other table, yeah. which you're going to claim is not me. Because you were continuous during that surgery. And, and they're going to claim that you're not them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what's going to happen. So who is real? And this is a metaphysical, philosophical question. Yeah. 
that humans are going to have to cope with. We, you, we're going to have to cope what with is, it very rapidly if we yeah. start doing full-on clone. And don't get me wrong, yeah. there are many people out there. I've tried to find a couple folks to actually have on the show uh, who who are talking about full-on human cloning already existing. Um, oh, being out there yeah. in black labs, things like that. Now, I oh, would not doubt that one yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, I, I know for a fact that there is a, a pretty high-tech lab right down the road near Bastrop that does quite a bit of work in the primate realm um, yeah, that yeah. makes the news here and there. And and speaking of which, there was a, 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 an interesting experiment put forth. Uh, some of these things, especially transhumanism, um, I, I think a lot of this conversation, Robert, really, really crosses into that transhumanist realm. Oh, of course. It and and yeah. into that realm of are are we ready for what? Um, oh my God, the synthesizer. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> I just forgot the synthesizer designer's name. Uh, who who has the algorithm that predicts the future? Uh, oh, gun. um, Kurtzweil. He, yes, Kurtzweil. Okay. Kurtzweil, as as yeah. what Kurtzweil calls the singularity. Yes, I the, the I fact love, of there will be a love. singularity where human and machine meet, we yeah. more than shake hands, and and it will be the fact that we have technology inside of our skin, that we have technology made out of skin, all kinds of things. Yeah, he he was one of my competitors when I was doing early AI and you know, artificial intelligence. Right. And, Ray so Kurzweil, oh, yeah. Kurzweil, he's, he's yeah. got some, he, he, he he's on another level. Yeah. I mean, not, I, I'm not saying that you are not on another level as well. The, your no, your brain yeah. and the fractal way in works is, yeah, is amazing. His algorithm, though, that, I mean, it's wild because it literally does predict so many trends. Yeah. He, it's he it's remarkable. Great futurist, and I consider myself a futurist as well. And, I, yeah. and so I don't get in Same. trouble given my background. I just well, I, it, I try it, to discredit myself. And well, say, well, and it, I'm a science fiction writer. Don't none of this is really happening. That's well, it's it's it, it, it's quite honestly like the conversations that we've had off air, things like that, where you know. Um, there are numerous facets to you, your education, your, your credos, um, the work that you have done, the, uh, what you are typically featured on shows for is, is a facet of the gym that is the mind of Robert Duncan. Um, so well, if, if people can only see that one facet, I'm sorry that they're missing the rest of the gym because <laughs> they're missing conversations like this. That yeah. that truly are the conversations like we need to be having. We need to be having these conversations. We we need to be the ones that are free thinking for the scientists. Not that we don't need scientists in labs, but we they need us to help guide them. That is so well spoken. Yes, they. I was one of those young naive scientists, and and we only cared about being at the cutting edge of technology and progressing and uh we were not ethical or moral about what 
impact it would have on the human race and our planet or anything else. And so I know how these guys think. And, uh, and I, they're not bad people. It's just they do need our moral guidance because they don't have time to think about the great outcome and what's going to happen with our species. And you said it uh, precisely again. We are here in order to cause these conversations and the thinking process amongst our entire species, our tribe, and assuming we are the greatest species to help, yeah, you know, protect this planet. It's, and a, our, it's a heck of an else. assumption. Yeah, I know it is. A, <laughs> <laughs> and I, you're right. I don't fully agree with it, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, that's the human hubris. You know, we always think we're the center of the universe. It, yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's that. Um, but, but you know, there is one thing that yes. Uh, we need Magellans. We need we need the people that tally ho go forward. Most yeah. definitely, we we need unbridled science. You know, don't get me wrong, but 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 there's also issues where, uh, like the like the story of the hydrogen bomb. Yes. Not not after the not the first nuclear explosion, but the first hydrogen bomb, where they're like, you know, I don't know, but. By all, by by a lot of the math, we may ignite all the hydrogen in the atmosphere. That was there some the one of the we, scientists. Like we, yeah. it's a possibility. Same with CERN of creating many black holes, and yeah. and, and it, it's one of those like somebody just goes, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess, let's do it. <laughs> I guess I we find out at, one way or another. Yeah, I know. When you I know? was working at DARPA, I, I went around and asked guys what they were working on and stuff. And one of them was working on a certain technology uh, that was, you know, was for the military. And I asked them, so what are you doing here? Uh, and he was testing new kind of... Uh, uh, projectiles for on gel dummies. Working on Project Nunya? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Nun but, Project Nunya and, business. But uh, yeah, Nunya business. But no, everyone, you know, I had a good security clearance level, so everyone was friendly. But it, what was funny was his response that I quote all the time I'm just here to see what's on the other side. <laughs> yeah yeah and and you know there's there's a lot of that question as well but when when you come to the concept of a non-local reality when yeah. when you come to this idea suddenly warping physics doesn't seem that hard um warping time doesn't seem that hard when you start to understand that time as we know it to begin with is but a infrastructure and a, a construct that we created. It is I mean, not that, not for any of you any of you out there to destroy your faith or anything like that. But if you read that, like God created this in a day, like dude, day we came up with. Yes, we came a, up with a day is twenty four hours. Yeah, that's our metric. That's not like. Universal time yeah, scale. Not God's metric or anything. <laughs> no. So yeah, yeah. It's not like and and even whenever you're considering the speed of light, that is only a constant through through no medium. 
Yes. Um, it's not know, an absolute constant. It is a constant in a vacuum. That was Einstein's greatest wonder <laughs> that he admitted to. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot wow. to mention that because oh, I was really overzealous. Throughout time, <laughs> you know, on large time scales. Yeah. So you want to be, beat the speed of light, put it through a medium. Yeah. Yeah. Do, there are other ways you can, you know, yeah. uh, the Cherikov. Chir- Radiation is uh, what causes nuclear reactors underwater and nuclear mm. submarines to give off that blue glow, that green blue glow, and it's because particles, uh, the the radiation particles, are traveling faster than the speed of light, and that's how they slow down. So there are things that travel faster than the speed of light in yeah. the medium. Um, so you're right about saying. Information flow, speed of light being the constant is in the vacuum, and that's even in a Higgs field. Yeah. So of our universe. So yeah, it, there are a lot of constraints of, of some of the statements we. Well, made. and and that's just it. The because of the statements and how they're made, the constraints are there. Once once you put that caveat in there, you realize that there's the option to go without the restraint. Yes, exactly. And that's, that's, which, which is a, a really, let's yeah. explore that real quick because not a lot of people realize that there, that there is that utter flip option. You know, um, even we, we were having the conversation the other day about manifestation. Um, number one, how, that word is now used like like at one point very new agey everything else now you hear it coming from a sunday preacher like yeah. you could turn on joel osteen and hear him talking yeah. the same exact thing that a new age book was talking in 1972 uh, Project, operation mockingbird you know? you know and it's it's interesting to see that and it's interesting to see the flip and it's interesting to see the flip of mentality that has happened over the last few years of trust the science it's like well I, I guess the real question is, do you actually know the science and do you yeah. realize the fact that science, by definition, can't be static? That's it's, right. It's in science constant shift and constant motion. Everything is a... triangulation on truth the every, best we yeah. can with our tiny little brains. If, if you are allowed to hypothesize is. anything yeah. through experiment yeah. and, and proof and not proof, you... Prove a hypothesis to the point of theory and further experimentation brings it to the point of possible law. And when you start thinking about things like uh, the, the, the Neuralink by Tesla, this is, this is one of them that uh, I, I think that this is one that we really, as people, as humanity need to kind of keep our eye on. Um, There have been a few things over the last years uh, we've had the conversation numerous times about the lab in Japan that records dreams, um, yep. things like that. I've I've actually got one of the videos queued up here of this it in the lab. Uh, this is the Dream Center uh, that did this, but very interesting to actively see a uh, a session of somebody's brain activity next to what they can capture coming from your brain. This is really phenomenal um and on occasion you can kind of make something out the the company from japan i know i saw a product video whenever it first released and uh that one you could almost see faces 
it was it was pretty remarkable. And we now know from MIT, uh, your former alma mater, yeah. that uh, that we can communicate with dreamers. Yep. We can we can have them answer questions while they're that asleep is, Wait, yeah. and non auditorially. That's right. Um, and that's how you can steal passwords and it's inception like the movie mm -hmm. can get information and they won't remember that they were dreaming while they gave out the information. Yeah. That's how powerful this interrogation technology is. Oh, absolutely. You can do it remotely. Yeah. You don't have to have EEG probes in your head. That's, that's, that's remarkable, but not, not insane. Not insane. I mean, uh, right now, I will I will bring up the article that uh, I tagged you in the other day. Uh, Scientists build the world's tiniest antenna out of DNA. Um, so if if you think that this kind of process can't be done to you remotely or anything like that, oh no, they could absolutely use your DNA. They can absolutely. We are the micro circuit. Yes. We don't even need implants anymore. We are that, an, uh, the body electric. Yeah. Mean, you know, well, and we, that's exactly the theme of this conversation is the fact that we, we are much more than we appear to be. We, we are already cybernetic organism. Yeah. Um, and, and participating in this matrix. We, you know, the idea of, uh, communication. At a distance, the idea, uh, I mean, really dig into some remote viewing sometimes, folks, into some real results, some stuff that's out there. It's it's pretty phenomenal what what can be garnered from a proper remote viewing session um, and and really just goes to prove things like ESP precognition. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm still very curious because, yes, I, I fully believe, as I said to loop our conversation back, time, everything else, utterly relative. However, I, I, I have I have some questions about, uh, you know, remote viewing other time periods. Things like that, like, oh, I'm going to go remote view Atlantis or or I'm going to go remote view December 28th, 1952. You know, something like that, um, as opposed to like, I'm I'm going to remote view the dark side of the moon. You know, uh, that I would that I would much, much more akin. There to. is no such thing as the dark side of the moon. By the way. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm a, actually, I'm, a, I'm a lunatic. I'm a moon fanatic. So no, now no, now you've got it. It, it rotates. Yes. They get sunlight on yeah. the other side. That's that's true. That's true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, I, I, I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I'm not going to okay. say there isn't some reefer involved in my life at some time. So <laughs> you had me for a second there. <laughs> Here, here's, a good, here's a good segue, uh, Chris, for the, uh, the precogs with monkeys mm. that we do now. Yes. A video I showed you. You, can you display that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, let's let's pre let's preamble that for the audience real quick. Okay. Number one, there's a, there's a slight little echo that you're going to hear. That is an artifact from recording. But explain to the audience exactly what this monkey brain network is. Sure. Uh, so we do this with humans. Obviously, we have them, and they're called hive mind networks. 
And my next book is called Emergent Minds. It, it's uh, creating higher order intelligences uh, from our single brains, which are complex computing object, like a neuron, mm. which is a simpler computing object, but it gives rise to uh, intelligences that we can't understand from our simple perspective. And anyway, this is using monkey brains since we're allowed to experiment our, on our ancient ancestors uh, that we put microchips in, much like Neuralace that Elon Musk is doing, yeah. uh, in order to create more brilliant uh, objects. I, I call them aliens, but they're not from another planet, but they're so foreign to our form of thinking that they can see further into the future, further into the past, and ex have a better model of reality, of explanatory power and predictive power. And uh, so we're using this for warfare reasons as well as helping socially engineer society. Society, excuse me. And uh, so anyway, play the clip. I will. Uh, yeah. Here we go. They had three monkeys with chips in their brain. Each of these monkeys can only see in two dimensions, 2D. So they, but the monkeys together are rewarded with a treat, with some good food, if they can move a dot on the computer screen in 3D space to the right location. Well, each of these monkeys can't do it alone because they can only see 2D. They can't even move in 3D. But together, all three of those brains learn how to work together to consistently move the dot to the right 3D location. That, tech, that, act, that finding is actually amazing. What it is telling us is that when multiple brains are wired together, they can perceive the world in a way that a single brain might not be able to do. They are collectively working as a single intelligence. Now, the monkeys aren't consciously aware that they are wired to other monkeys' brains. They don't have to know that. They are actually just getting the information and perceiving it intuitively. That's with chips in their brain. Each of these... Oh, you got to stop it. It looks... That is uh, as that is as matrix as you can get. Yeah, yeah quite honestly, real. doctor, it's that is real. that is as matrix mentality as you can get. The fact that the monkeys and granted, you could do the same thing with humans. You do not have to let them know that yeah. they are part of a hive mind experiment. You do not have to let that they will go about their business. They will consider it frustrating that they can't move it by themselves. Okay. Um but when they start talking on the neural network and they start group lifting together and I'm doing this part and I'm doing what I'm told and they're doing what they're told and they're doing what they're told, we all move it together without realizing that we are cooperating. Correct. <laughs> Sorry, that was my evil left. That is, that is a... Uh, that's a somewhat disturbing reality. That's a somewhat disturbing reality. Um. Because that shows the fact that um, through subtle manipulation, 
we can we can be made to be part of an outcome whether we realize it or not. Correct. And we always want to think we are in control, autonomous, free will beings. But perhaps that was an untrue assumption to begin with for mankind. Well, and, and uh, you know, we've we've had the conversation numerous times, numerous times uh, with with uh, uh, Jason McClellan, with uh, Nathaniel Gillis, uh, Archbishop James Cloud about the fact of um, relinquished consent about about the fact of. Um, could something be using, uh, the idea that let's say, for instance, there is, and this is just a thought experiment. There is an entity living out in the woods. I'm a Sasquatch hunter. I'm open to Sasquatch. Totally cool with it. Would love to meet a Sasquatch out there hunting for him actively. Now there's not a Sasquatch out there, but there's this other thing that can feel and knows the fact that I'm comfortable with Sasquatch. So what does it do? It hijacks my comfortability and appears to me as a Sasquatch. Yeah. So uh, almost the same kind of illusion because of the yeah. fact that you, you have you have given the consent to see that thing by your want of the other. Yeah. And now the other is using that consent to hijack and, and ride in. Okay. So again... Where do you begin and the other ends? It's, you yeah. know, yeah. It's, uh, the sense of self will be blurred in the future uh, significantly. And this selfishness that we have as humans generally, we're born with that. All animals are. It's oh, sure. It's self-preservation. Yeah. Selfishness is self-preservation. Nothing less. In DNA program, you know, yeah. that's part of it. But uh, as we evolve technologically, either through mind machine melding or through culture or whatever it may be, that sense of self is going to be blurred. Uh, your children are part of you. You feel that. Yeah. And they are part of your DNA, but it's going to extend past that to this: your species, the earth, the other animals here, the entire ecosystem. Everything you will be able to feel the earth as one, and and you know we we are I think as 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 a people uh, as a humanity we're we are in a scattered scattered place mentally right now. There's there's a lot that we have to. I I think that um, I'm not going to say like you know uh, we need to teach the world to sing and all have a coke, but. <laughs> We we definitely have some things that we need to sort out, like as people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to be open to that, you know, to be open to that idea that we we are a cog in that universal machine, that we we are a neuron in the great hive mind, and that even even what we think affects that area, affects yep. that localized area. Yeah. You know, um, um, no, no different than if, if you have given the dopamine rush of addiction to a brain, when, when that brain is in similar circumstance of that dopamine rush, it will want that dopamine rush. Yeah. Because, so, because it liked the dopamine. 
So it kind of will lead into the next topic of religion and money. Mm. Money's the oldest religion. Oh, sure. And uh, so we all, just as humans, are indoctrinated. We must seek more of it because it feels good. So it's a dopamine. It feels great to of, belong. Yeah, it feels great to belong. Dopamine rush have influence and power sure. through promissory notes uh, and uh, backed by war, not maybe oil, although that's decreasing, no gold, but it, we need it. It's, it's necessary while we have bodies as a trading instrument uh, for promissory notes. Um, but I see in the future where that will not be necessary, that we will be, Oh, I want to put a positive spin on this. We'll be satisfied and happy, not to quote Klaus Schwab, of owning nothing and you'll be happy. <laughs> but uh, but uh, we will be content for optimizing our human potential uh, for a good job, well done, and for the whole you know, and that sounds like a Marxist sort of philosophy, but the problem with Marxism in the past is we are sinful creatures. We are, my framework is the seven deadly sins. That's how mm. we manipulate people. And, uh, we're full of them. And I try to rid myself of the seven deadly sins every morning. I read them and I'm like, do I have too much of pride? Do I have too mm. much greed? Do I have any jealousy or am I sloth-like or am I, you know, I go through them all. And uh, it's it's important to understand what you are as a creature. And, mm. you know, we're, we're animals. But I honestly think there is a cataclysmic evolutionary event happening right now, as one of my professors, Stephen Jay Gould, said, that happens every so often. This one's technological or mm. cultural, not uh, due to asteroids hitting the Earth or dinosaurs or whatever. The yeah, yeah, or, or the Black Plague. Or, or the Black Plague yeah. or something like that, that we uh, are going to have to come to grips with our, or control our animal instincts in some yeah. sort of fashion. And what that looks like I don't know if that's a brain implant, a chip, or, you know, in order for you to get a quick education and be able to go into, uh, with the workforce, they'll, they'll find a means, a medical, you know, like the vaccine, they'll find a means that everyone will want it. And that is how the transition will occur. Now, some will become beasts and remain in the animal, you know, what we call what we are now, modern man. Sure. Some will ascend towards what I call the gods, never become a god, but uh, go that direction, men of the mind. Um, that's kind of my philosophy. Yeah. About how the human species will bifurcate. Well, and, uh, you know, that... Uh... Number one makes makes a lot of sense. Um, my wife and I regularly have the conversation about the fact of uh, the the split of humanity and and how the 
the pendulum swings yes across yes. generations and how there's eventually a pushback the yep. other direction um the yin the yang and oh. it's it's really interesting to see that and right now we we are very much in the middle of that pendulum swing we are we are right at the point of momentum ready to swing into something yep. uh as as That's art bell put it all the time the quickening Yes. Is, is upon us. There's there's something happening that the the realm of technology is growing faster and faster. The the and and once again, um, I don't want to stymie science. I don't want to stymie scientists. I don't want to. I don't want to necessarily. You know, as long as it's not in secret. That's my yes, only yes, issue. Absolutely. It should not be secret. Absolutely. And and, and yeah. you know. Um, there's there's no reason I I really don't think that with any technology we have that there's any reason whatsoever for an invasive process for that yeah. kind of work um yeah. for for brain machine interface anything like that I do not think that there is a that there is a necessity for a jack in the back of our head anymore Okay there isn't but that's the thing it's still invasive in the sense we can control you through electromagnetic fields because you are an electromagnetic being, but it doesn't have to be a chip in your head anymore. And yeah. that's the problem that people don't. That's the leap of faith that people don't understand the science of. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I, I think that that is the that is also the leap that a lot of people uh, that that's the stumbling block for a lot of people of understanding yeah. that these other things already exist. The yeah. dream reading already exists. Yeah. The fact that if they wanted to put a Mountain Dew commercial in my dream next week, yeah. they yeah. could do it. They yeah. could do it. Yep, 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 yep. Like they could, they could <laughs> pump a Mountain Dew commercial into my dream oh, I, every I night. Coca-Cola commercials, but you yeah, know, Mountain Dew, yeah, like, whatever, like yeah. whatever, man. Uh, it could be done. Horrible? Now, yeah. and I, I think right. what I think the stumbling block for a lot of people for getting there, though, Doctor Duncan, is the fact that we don't have full machine brain interface yet. We don't, we don't like the monkeys that went through. The stuff down the road in Bass Trip with Neuralink, Neuralink, who, you know, Elon's yeah. going through a little bit of stuff uh, with right now, PETA-wise and and government-wise because of what these monkeys were apparently put through, um, and and what happened to some of them and the regular results that kept happening, uh, and the fact that that kept happening. Yeah. <laughs> despite the results uh, uh, well try it again try it again like you targeted individuals that you and, talk about on your show quite often and yeah that they're a they're a larger human experimentation uh habana syndrome is part of that i mean we this show is not supposed to be about that so i'm not gonna bring it yeah but but that technology is there yes. That technology is there and and to to ignore the fact that it exists is a disservice. It's a yeah. disservice just to the thought process and to the to the yeah. thought experiment. Because you're few, omitting information. You're omitting points of datum yeah. from the data set. Which it, that's a that is a form of lying, lying through omission yeah. uh, or yeah. reframing. You know, that's why I haven't watched television in six, seven years. 
uh, you know, I sure. try to keep my finger on the pulse of, you know, what people are thinking, but it's always what they saw on television to yeah. tell them their opinion is the night before. And yeah, in the, in the world of the grand illusion, the agreed upon illusion, you know, once again, you have to remember that you can revoke your consent from the system. Yeah. You can yeah. revoke your consent to the illusion. You can revoke your anger from something because you've chosen to be angry. Yes. Yes. See, now you're talking about self-control, uh, self-awareness, and the neo-neocortex. So, you know, we evolved the neocortex. Mm. The CIA has a... Uh, a weapon system called a rehic remote or radio frequency hypnotic inner cerebral control. But you always, if you know thyself, you will know what is you and what is not you. And you should have the power and autonomy to fight the oppressive external forces and to be who you truly want to become. Do you, and if you want to be the devil and you want to be evil, hey, do it. Be the best you can. Uh, but if you want to be good and you want to help the species continue for the reason that all our ancestors, you know, suffered for us to even experience this, then you will choose the good side hmm. uh, of life and, uh, and inform people and let them make their own decisions and they, you know that's why we're here chris oh absolutely is, you know is people need to be informed and that's it and they need to think and sometimes they need to be jostled out of their comfort zone yeah well and yeah. and uh, you know to be reminded that you you have a decision and even an action is a decision Yes, it is. Most you know, um, I'm I'm not saying go. Uh, this is no call to action. No, nothing like that. Other no, than no. a call to action in your own life. To hey, think about your place. Think about what you're doing. Think about the fact that uh, you don't have to make waves. All you need to make is a ripple. Yes, you're, and that that's chaos theory. And yeah, a small butterfly flapping its wings in China can cause a hurricane in the U.S. You know, so yes, every action matters and yeah. every word, and I call it God's whisper matters. You know, it is, it is so interesting to have this conversation with somebody with your credos, with, with, with the letters behind your name that you do in the field that uh, you have it, because it's a, yeah, I know you, you waving me off, but, um, it, it, it's interesting to me because I am a former seminary student. These are these are the things that we sat around and talked about over a beer yeah. in the seminary and, and in philosophy class, things like that. And to hear it from, you know, somebody who came out of an MIT lab who worked for the alphabet agencies wow. um, doing doing algorithmic work, doing other work, data gathering work, stuff like that, uh, quite literally helping them tame a demon. Um, yeah. And and when you found out what exactly yeah. everything you were working on was being used for, you left. Yeah, it it, uh, it broke my heart. Um, I met, sure. I went through the, what is it, seven stages of oh. grief. 
Man, there's got to be 22 with that when you're talking about when you're talking about literally what you have devoted your life to do, Robert. And then you find out that it has been usurped and used in that way. That is that is soul crushing. It is. is, Oh, that'll be the title of my next book. Soul crushing. (laughs) (laughs) well i mean i mean literally because you you were you had what and and this is this is the caveat i give to anybody going out there for science degrees for laboratory work that kind of stuff go do your work go do your work but remember and research thoroughly where that money comes from yeah and and all here's you know, a lot of people have taken on my words mm. since I initially spoke them. But all technology can be used for good or evil. Absolutely. And, and so even fire. Oh, well. A we hammer. Fire. Yeah, hammer. A hammer. It can, it, can build, uh, it can build buildings and keep you warm and shelter, or it can crush someone's skull in, you know. Yeah. And you got to imagine the military is going to use the technology first, like the atomic bomb for atomic energy. You know, it's just the way we humans are built in fear. We always fear what we don't know, and so we must kill it. Well, and, and, uh, you know, any any military theorist will tell you a good defense is... uh, or the good best offense. defense is a good offense. Oh, and that's why I hate the and, name. And having your best foot defense. forward in offensive weaponry, yeah. things like that, because yeah. then people typically don't want to jack with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you know? Um, yeah. We're talking about living in the Matrix. And when you're talking yeah. about living in the Matrix, you're talking about, like, being able to change a swath with a move, with mm-hmm. a single move. Um Tiny little move, and and we can do that. Phenomenal, right? And the chain reaction. We can, we can, we can do that. We can do that socially. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it like the prime example that I give people all the time is Facebook. Yeah, got their got their got their primary funding from InQtel. Yeah, one of their first rounds of funding. And- um, I'm not supposed to say this, but I worked on it before they were a company. But, and uh, and <laughs> quite literally, it was a, because it was a social media platform. If you remember, one of the first big things that happened with Facebook was that that's what started the, the overthrow of Hosni Mubarak in the Arab oh, Spring. You're right. They, they, they never found that dude that was like, let's all go to the town square and overthrow the government. Yeah. They they never found that guy, the power but a whole power structure changed in yeah. the Middle East yeah. because of yeah. a social media post. And well, and because I mean, look at uh, so, what Twitter uh, Elon Musk has done is exposing how we ourselves are psyops by our yeah, own. Yeah, it do, it doesn't it doesn't take the great majority, and that's I think a, another problem. Much like people's hurdle to getting to, they can't control my dreams because well, they they can't even get a monkey brain interface right. Um, yeah. They don't have to have something in your brain to make it happen. Right. Um, you don't have to have control of eighty five percent of the populace to have an overwhelming reaction. All you need is five percent. That's and, all you need. Yeah, you need control sure. of five to eight percent of people. 
That's or even it. less, according to a Department of Intelligent Agency report that I read, uh, and this is back in the 70s. Now, you got to uh, remember that anything we say the Russians are doing, we do it. Better. Oh, absolutely. So I'm going to preface it with that. But the Russians uh, had a theory that if they could control 10,000 of our citizens, and we'll assume they're influence leaders, that they could control and steer the direction of the United States. And so that's even less than 5%. 3.5. Yeah. There it is right there from BBC Future. Yeah. The 3.5% rule, how that a small minority can change the world. Um, and, and, and that's just it. And I think that that is part of the illusion that we are busy living. Dr. Duncan is the fact that we, we are lost in this state of illusory depression. Yeah. And, and just being okay being lost as a society because we, what are we supposed to do? Like, if if eighty percent no of us don't change, power. there won't be a change. There yeah. doesn't have to be an eighty percent. You don't have to convince everybody of your paradigm. Yeah. As long as people are barely surviving, they won't have a revolution. And, and quite honestly, you can boil that three point five percent right down to the fact of hey, we technically only have to agree on three point five percent of stuff to get something done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. So look at it that way. That is a huge, hugely, both of those hugely positive things to think about. Yeah, when you look at humans, first we look at them as neurons. Now let's look at them as chemical reactions. Oh, please. You know, at the 30, you know, 30 foot level or whatever yep. from an airplane. And they, uh, uh, we can direct what those reactions do. You know, if you don't personalize every human, uh, and yeah. just through the, the minor stuff of 3.5%, the rest of them will take on their opinions or ignore it because they're too busy surviving in their own personal lives or whatever it may be. And, uh, you're, you're completely right. Uh, uh people think the general populace, they're not the ones listening to this show, but, uh, think that we don't, we are not deviousness, deviousness, deviant yeah. <laughs> to create, uh, these kind of, uh, psyops on them. They don't believe that. And it's yeah. like, well, no, uh, this is how all kingdoms work. People yeah, like yeah. my wife that I told you about that she does not believe that there is enough cohesive cooperation amongst humanity to pull off something so nefarious. Yeah. Um, and, and that's just it. Like we, it, it's interesting to see the point that we are teetering on as a humanity when it comes to technology, we are, we are burgeoning on so much on such an incredible world. But at the same time, my God, we're still such momos doctor. Yeah. Still so such absolute, absolute simpletons. Yes, technology has advanced further than our cultural evolution to control it. Yeah. And that is the danger that we are in now, uh, that we can destroy ourselves a thousand times over with different mm. weapons systems. Oh, God, yeah. We could we yeah. could split this world in half 18 waves. 
Yeah. And, you know, and uh, we can control all minds now. And so what is free will, religion, justice, everything yeah. that we we're born with to believe will be thrown out, uh, out of the window. And now where are we left with? What is our meaning? Where do we come from? Where are we going? So people are kind of in this lost state. They feel this, they know this, but they want, they want an answer of direction. And I'm only an educator. I'll tell them what is, yeah. but I do not want to tell them where to go. That is something they yeah. must decide. You, you can only lead them to the water. Yeah. <laughs> to, lo to loop the conversation back around before we wrap up, doctor, it really is that importance of realizing that you're a neuron in the great brain. That, exactly. that, that you are a cog in the machine of the universe and that, that you have that power of consent. You have, you have the power to revoke consent from the system or like you don't, you don't have to have an argument. You no, don't. That's right. That or is a, That is an option. But you can always expand your mind. If that's you're right. Not fearful. That's right. You know, you can learn new things and yeah. become one with the universe. Yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. Doctor, I want to thank you for your time. It's always a great conversation. And we, once again, we as a people need to be ready to have this conversation. It's it's not a comfortable one. It's not a comfortable one. You you have to be ready to admit the fact that you are a Neanderthal brain reactionary human being in this conversation. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. that's hard to accept. You know, a mind once stretched never regains its original shape, but the stretching process may hurt a little. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, um let everybody know where they can go to oh my god, where'd they go? Oh uh -huh. where they can go to pick up your books. Oh, How to Amazon, Tame a Demon and Project Soul Catcher. Amazon or Pax International or something like that, but and um, of course, the Curious Realm store. You can go there as the well. Curious, well, there you go. Go to the Curious Realm store. <laughs> well, uh, please do hold the line while we close things out, Doctor. I I love having you on. I love our conversations. It is it is always great to um, hear that there are good people like you out there with this thought form and spreading this thought form and trying to even even sans uh, because I've. I, I, I found it important and I find it important whenever uh, people are not necessarily walking a spiritual path. They aren't, they aren't like, you know, a Sunday religious, um, but yet still this is their thought form because it's the thought form we should be having. It's, it's the thought form that will evolve us as a humanity to where we need to be. Us from ourselves. Yeah. Make sure to stop on by Curious Realm, folks. That is where you can find the website. That is where you can find the Knowledge Vault full of all of the released government documents that we have. Everything from brainwave uh, sync processes to uh, the Matrix Deciphered by Robert Duncan. If you really want to uh, get into some of this thought form, uh, of course, he's writing a new book that will be much more in depth but this is a great primer to this concept stop on by and check that out uh right there in the curious realm knowledge vault curiousrealm.com forward slash knowledge thank you once again everybody for tuning in 
Welcome to Radio 5G, the second hour. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Mark Joseph. This is going to be uh, broadcast on uh, February 1st, 2023. And we hope that you've heard the first hour. It was with uh, Dr. Robert Duncan and uh, Christopher. What's Christopher's last name? Oh, I didn't get that far. Uh, It's the Curious Realm podcast. Um, All right. CuriousRealm.com, and then it's a Curious Realm podcast on, on Facebook. And his name is Christopher Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. Um, he, he was very impressive. I mean, I've, I've listened to uh, Dr. Duncan before, but he was really very uh, impressive in the amount of, money, uh, amount of information that he had. So, um, yeah, um, you're the one that chose it. You want to talk a little bit about, you know, who they are and how yeah. you came about them and stuff. So, um, let me see. The Curious Realm, what was at the end? He was talking about a, a site of all of the references he was giving. I could give you that link later, hopefully in the podcast notes. But it's CuriousRealm.com uh, forward slash knowledge um, slash uh, declassified. And that's important because one of... Um, Dr. Duncan's books is apparently not in uh, print. I tried to find this thing, The Matrix Deciphered, uh, from 2006, and he has two other books on Amazon and <clears throat> a Curious Realm site. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we've we've uh, uh, reviewed um, his interviews before last year. I think at least two, right? Um, <clears throat> and it's really cool to start off the new year, um, especially uh, January with um you know people facing layoffs especially in the, the valley where i'm at um no one too negatively affected uh thank goodness but you know what what kind of it it helps to give us a structure of where to go for this year and i think um uh dr duncan does that really well as far as the uncertainty i mean lots of good quotes took a lot of notes um he he's pretty active on, on Facebook. He's currently in in Australia. I don't know. He didn't really give the reason why. He's on Twitter too, so I can give that handle later and then send it to you. But all of these questions and, and observations he has, plus the three books out, and then now he's working on the fourth. Um, you know, this is something in each individual needs to. I mean, he's talking about in a word decentralization. Um, that's always been my big word, even last year. And so we're faced with it more, you know, inching closer to our face, right? Uh, and I like how we ended it with, with um, this has always been that, I mean, you call this, this, this reality, reality sci-fi, right? So we're inching more closer to that man-machine blurring. And that part, he was saying that part of our brain, that's being replaced by that, but we have a choice to, um replace that with creativity and anything else we deem important for ourselves and our environment <clears throat> and that there's pain involved in this in, in in change and that it was saying a mind once stretched never regains the original shape but the stretching process may hurt a little i mean obviously we're seeing more than a little but we are also involved partly in in where we got where we got to and so his latest interview here is, is from uh, January 17th, 
I originally found it on, on, on the Facebook uh, Curious Realm podcast. So obviously you could go to the site, download it. <clears throat> and I, I mean, for some reason, I, I tend to download a lot of um, podcasts through my phone. And, you know, that's where I get your stuff. But for whatever, I mean, they don't have Curious Realm on, on uh, the free podcast app download. And this thing is free. So, I mean, he does have a group, too. And I like a lot of the um, references he listed here of the of the topics he talked about. The uh, Lockheed Martin mini reactor, Pegasus phone intercept system. I mean, and then he uh, he did make a lot of really good back-to-back, you, know, -back, you know, back and forth with um, <clears throat> Robert Duncan of there's so much being pushed, you know, the, uh, information that we will lose uh, some important stuff. So it's good to be with different tribes that you vibe with and can go back and forth with this. And for me, it's what's most useful, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, open source that people can, you know, there's a universalness to uh, what's shared, not just because it, it sounds cool or it's entertaining, you know, which has become almost like a religion and drug uh, right along with convenience. So this interview really pointed those things out and how to stratify them and where it can take us. I mean, that's you want to you want to go with that. Well, I thought that a lot of the things that they touched on really confirmed not that I needed it. The concept of enterology, because Duncan is known as a scientist. It was like um, Christopher said to him, you know, you. I, it's one thing if I say it, but you've got all the, the letters after your name indicating your certificate certification that makes people more inclined to listen to you, which is true. You know, if you don't have those documents, then people think you don't know what you're talking about, which is, is it's actually the other way around. You got the documents, you you got documentation that you've been, you know, you're part of the game. You've been mind controlled. You've been indoctrinated in a very slim slice of reality. But Duncan was able to break out of that and to understand, any, like you said, he wasn't a religious kind of person. But when you begin to, particularly when you're studying the quantum physics area, there are so many questions that are just unanswerable. They see photons that are material and photons that are waves virtually at the same time. What, how, how can that be? They're confounding, really problematic concepts that you have that in other disciplines. But when you get it in science, it's like you get some of these things and all of a sudden everything you know about science is, is in jeopardy because of this new information. And some people, you know, just lock down and don't take the new information and go with what they know, which is the vast majority of people. And then there's people like um, Dr. Duncan that really says, wait a minute, let's take a, a, a deeper dive into what this information is. So they're just confirming enterology, which is, you know, the study of energy. And it's the merging of metaphysics with the quantum, quantum knowledge. And I'm not even going to call it a science because science to me is tinged right now. But science is simply observing something. 
and coming to some, you know, theoretical concept of what may have caused it and then figuring out a way of testing your theory. And that that's the basic scientific method. So anybody that does that with their lives is a scientist. You don't need to go to a, get a, doc, a document saying you're a scientist. You're a scientist if that's the way you look at life, that you just don't take it. Well, this person told me that it's this way, so it must be this way, but it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand it. But he said it, so I'm going to believe him. No, no, no. You know, all of these changes are, it, it's so it's so interwoven with our mission as spiritual beings. Because I can't tell you how many times in my life I went, oh, oh, I think I got it. And as soon as I think I've got it, something morphs. And then there's more, wait a minute, that doesn't fit into what I thought <laughs> again, you know. But it's not that, it's that as we begin to get those aha moments, get that inspiration of, oh my gosh, I think I understand this, you know. We we are the sum total of us is God. God is what created us. The life force in us is this God. God being the life force, the source. You know, I mean, you can put all sorts of names on it and so, tell tales about it and stuff, but it's basically... Something started everything. And you either decide, well, that something that started everything is really good. But if it's really good, why is there evil? Okay, so is it really evil? Well, if it's evil, why is it good? You have the good and the evil, the, the offset, to be able to experience, to be able to challenge existence. If everything went the way you wanted it to be, you would be fine with what was happening. Oh, everything is fine. Everything's fine. I'm doing good. But if something happens that's not good for you, all of a sudden you begin to question everything around you. And it may be difficult. It may be painful. But in the end, you have made an adjustment to your own existence. The you, the I of you that says, this is who I am, this is what I know. No, now you just got a chunk of information that you didn't have before. You're going to change. It's that stretching of the mind thing, and it never quite gets back to where it was, thank God. Because if it did, well, we'd just be bouncing off the walls. But no, you learn. You Once you have these experiences that challenge you. So if, if you, if you want to have a dynamic life, a life of experiencing the good, the bad, the indifferent, the fun, the the difficult, you know, you need to have that back and forth between this thing that seems to be evil and this thing that seems to be good. But it's just part and parcel of the experience of life. And so I found their discussion to be very, to kind of support that kind of a concept, you know, that the only thing you can do, you can make many decisions in your in your life. You can do a lot of things, but you really have to, the first, the, there is no decision about this. The only way you get started, the only way you're going to succeed is if you look at yourself as being an extremely unique, and I, I love the concept that he drew about the neuron, you know, that if you could take a neuron and replace it with a synthetic neuron, uh, that did the same thing, you could essentially 
rebuild your beingness, okay, as artificial synthetic neurons. But is that you? No. No. Because it's energy. You can you can build it, but it's not going to have the life energy of God. You know, that little spark of divinity of connected to the cosmic reality. So if you don't have that, it's not you. So transhumanism is just a kind of like this is this is the end of that story. You want that? No. And it goes back to the Garden of Eden concept, you know, that, okay, you, 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 you took of the tree of, tree of knowledge, so now you've got to live the tree of life because the tree of knowledge is the technology. You know, uh, what, what did, what did um, the, whoever the devil was or the serpent or whatever, the one that got God to break God's only commandment, don't eat from the tree of knowledge, so she eats from the tree of knowledge. What what does that mean? What what what's happening now? Well, that means that you are now agreeing, making a contract to fulfill what the was promised by this being. You know, if you take from the tree of knowledge, you will be like gods. You will know the difference between good and evil. Well, to know the good, to the difference between good and evil, you've got to start meet evil. It's the only way you're going to understand it. I mean, I, 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 when I started this this road, I, I, as a 15 year old, and John Kennedy got assassinated, I started looking at it. Nothing made sense. It was almost there was evil, but now you know, 50 years later, the evil is much more than anything I would have even imagined so i mean the 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 name of the game in uh allegoric concept or in some kind of a real event human beings decided to take from the tree of knowledge instead of just being these loving people nude and walking around with all sorts of animals and you know no no experience except every day is a perfect day in perfect world they chose to learn. They chose to go down that route. So, unbeknownst to them, probably they had to confront evil. And that's where we are now. I, I don't know how else to explain where we're at except the end game of the beginning game right now. But we are at an ending. It's an ending where, okay, we're seeing evil that is being perpetuated on this planet that is so vile. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know. I'll have to send it to you if you didn't get it. But there is an article out there. As a matter of fact, I can uh, put that in chat. Remind me, I'm going to write myself a note uh, article. They got a hold of some of the um, different versions of the uh, vaccinations, so-called vaccinations like six of them or something and they did all this analysis on them and the pictures that were in this this is a very long scientific presentation but the pictures mark were terrifying absolutely terrifying 
there was the first picture is a picture of normal red blood cells and you got all these little red blood cells running around you know nobody's clotting and you know they're just having a good old time and then the next one was blood from somebody who had, had taken the uh, shot it was terrifying there was nothing that looked like blood it was just one something or other something or what is this stuff it doesn't even look like blood and that was the first two pictures it got worse and as you went through it and you saw what what they were seeing inside these people um the person that sent it to me i wrote back and i said this is terrifying i said if i had had a uh the shot and i saw this article i would be in act absolute despair to think that my body was so polluted with all this shit that's in it. And to me, it was like looking at evil, you know, in a photograph. So we are, and, and it's probably going to get, what's well, going to get worse for a lot of people, because I've seen the article. You haven't. You're going to see it. You're going to go, oh, crap. But it's going to be one person after another coming to this realization and luckily we didn't take the vaccinations but there's an awful lot of people out there that my god that you know it's it's just going to be hard so we have to work to get them to a point where they can change what's happened to them to get them to believe in the concept of you know, magic is energy being controlled, that you can do things for your body. You can give it, feed it uh, nutrients and uh, other, there's there's a lot of stuff that's out there now that'll tell you how to get rid of this. Um, and Mark can probably give you a list of, of where to go, but it, it doesn't matter that I, you know, I mean, it's one. Th we knew this. We knew this, but to see it graphically portrayed in microscopic pictures is extremely un unnerving. But once you get it in your head, okay, this is evil. This is what we're fighting against. Now we've got it in photographs. You can see it. You know, uh, pieces of graphene floating in your blood. This was blood analysis. Um, you can you you can't deny it. You you can't walk away from this. So we're in we're in a spot now that we're like in the end times. But the end times of that storyline, of you know what they what he, what Eve was told. You will know the difference between good and evil, and therefore be like gods. Now, when I first started thinking about that and got into what was said you can see the correlation between the technology the knowledge and uh, was it elon musk that said somebody one of them one of those big dudes said something to the effect of look at in the end ai is going to wear went out we might as well make friends with what will be our controller uh you know that's that's like oh okay Where's the good and where's the evil? Oh, I see. You want to be gods. You want to control it. That's what it meant. You'll have all this technology. You'll be able to do all of these amazing things like live forever, right? 
That's not what it's about. Because you got to understand that that is not good. Because good is knowing yourself, knowing your uniqueness, and knowing the connectedness of everything. And they also brought that out as they were talking about the neurons. And, you know, in, in the cosmic mind. And, and, and talking in terms of, you know, a singular environment of your own bubble of reality and that we all have control over that bubble of reality if you want to go and try to be god and do the technological stuff that's your bubble of reality that's what you're going to attract to yourself that's where you're going to go but if you have a bubble of reality that says look it um i just like to be joyful and loving and yes, I love science. I love to see what it can do for us. But I don't think I'm better than God. I think that the essence of my beingness is being a part of God. God set us up to, you know. So in the end, it becomes a spiritual war. Why? Well, because if you've got all these bubbles over here that think that it's really good to have all this technology and be like God's. And nobody's fighting it. They've killed off anybody that could or, you know, people just couldn't fight or whatever. If there's nobody standing up against that kind of a philosophy, then that's what God's going to be. I think God is the, the concept, the whatness of God is actually dependent on what we think God is. As a, not just the species of humanity, but the species of life throughout this amazing multi-universe that God created. And, you know, aside to this, I think that, you know, if if I had that fear, gosh, if I break myself up into all these little pieces and then they don't believe in God, well, I'm going to disappear and so won't they. I would, the first thing I would create would be a fail-safe being, an angel. Somebody who knows who God is, what God is supposed to be, and God is going to make all these other creatures, but for God's sakes, in the sake of life itself, don't let all the other manifestations of my own beingness decide that I don't exist or that they can be gods and be more powerful than me. Because then that's what you got. You got an evil God. So it's a spiritual war, war in extremely extremely profound ways and i know that was a really kind of a weird rant there mark <laughs> you want to come in no that's good i'm on <clears throat> on the same level uh that's what you know you by us talking about this and you posting it um online it's making uh the, that convert the the robert duncan interview available to uh podcast app downloaders on, on their phones and more accessible. Um, yeah, so the thing with the, the bioweapon shots, so anybody going back far enough looking into uh, uh, mo modern medicine from its inception to you know, Rockefeller funding, we know that not just the start of uh, <clears throat> injections, which even Jonas Salk of the Salk Institute said they're experimental. I mean, Jay Dyer has been repeating that on uh, various platforms um 
and then you're talking about of the blood alteration with these things, but people also need to know that if you've been in the health freedom movement for, and you have uh, years and decades, that this stuff is, is put in food, air, and water, right? So we knew uh, a year, two years ago in health, health or in freedom events, uh, you know, like Dr. Tenpenny, Bards FM, you know, they, they were um, through the air filter vents, I think it was one way, um, hit with, with nanoparticulates. And Mike Adams had detailed this in um, his podcast. And what does he use, which everybody should have at home when they travel, etc.? Chlorine dioxide. Now, <clears throat> I'm more subscribed, rather than Jim Humble, I'm more subscribed to Andres Kalker's version because he's a biophysicist and has made a more uh, um, usable version. So, um, Andreas is A-N-D-R-E-A-S, last name spelled K-A-L-C-K-E-R. His most recent, um, one of the most recent interviews is with the Quantum Nurse podcast. And he's talked with Celeste Solom as far as how to uh, um, uh, uh, disintegrate the the graphene oxide, the nanotech. And the Celeste Solom interview you could find on BitChute, I think it's still there. That was only for her membership, so I'm, I'm so glad that it was made available. Um, <clears throat> so it, w it wasn't more of a rant what you're talking about, but this all connects considering just how crazy January was and that things are just ramping up. Um, yeah, I mean, Project Veritas was the big talk last week, but then how much of that was just not only theater, but there's always this thing of steering the story, right? I mean, you always talk about storyline, narrative. Um, it, it's... Someone was saying, I mean, Twitter is a good place hang, to hang out and, and question these things where, um, you know, the, it, it's the virus thing again rather than the terrain. So, of course, Pfizer, you know, yeah, I mean, criminals, even Wikipedia shows that. So, um, <clears throat> I don't know, just going off of some of what you're talking about here, um, that whole hive minding thing, and we know through Actually, I highly recommend people listen to your podcast from Saturday, the Say What Show. That was huge in terms of how you have your cosmic reality family. Um, and, and a couple of them had uh, um, transitioned the past couple years. And Saturday was a very powerful show in terms of um, heart and life force connection and, and, and linking past, you know, this reality, reality dimension here. And how there's a back and forth, not just with loved ones, pets, and and so on. So um, yeah, it's that sci-fi reality thing. But the, I mean, spiritual warfare gets thrown around a lot. But you know, what does that mean? What can we do? So these things are consciousness technologies. What what Robert Duncan's talking about in his books, um, your podcast, the the tools and devices you give us, and one of the most powerful is is the mindset that we have and the different timelines presented to us and that we <clears throat> interact with in dreams and and we're given previews and i like you're saying of if we're presented something that we can choose that it doesn't have to be that timeline um and and uh what was that they came that good quote of um that we are dr duncan said that we are um what was it um we can control you through electromagnetic fields as we are electromagnetic beings, right? So you don't need these these uh, nanotech things. 
uh, robotics, whatever, chips. And, and TIs have known for, for years that you just need frequencies. Um, so there was a thing, that one of the things we're talking about of um, <clears throat> anything the public's allowed to know is about at least 30 years old. And that he was working with the EWs that would create glowing orbs in the sky. And <clears throat> so with, with these kinds of how many decades ahead, they could, you know, what, what was it, communicate through dreams, Steel Pals was talking about the Inception movie, right? And you only remember a thing. So I remember, uh, I'm not much of a listener of Cliff High. I probably should listen more. But he was talking about being influenced to take the shot through his dream. I had the same thing. You know, that's a form of synthetic telepathy. But again, it's all frequency access, right? Um, Celeste Solom talks about this too. So all the more reason, like one of your armor layers, aside from the armor of God, is Shungite, right? Um, and whatever additional layers uh, uh, the people you follow and listen to, but to also question them <clears throat> because they have a limited accessibility, flexibility. And, and for me, it's always what's most consistently useful and how can that be shared freely to people? Like your Cosmic Reality website um, has free tones to download, Shanghai and so many other things people can use for free. Again, we're dealing with frequency tones, so um, that's still been up there. Um, it should be mentioned more, obviously, and then to Walt's site of his services and um, accessibility to his tools. And we can even use the um, astral energetic doubles of those things um, in this holographic universe, right? Um, so, yeah, you were going to say something? Yeah, well, you know, talking about Walt and his devices and stuff, this is this is why... They have attempted to dumb down everybody. Now, one day I asked Walt, I said, Walt, why didn't you go to university? And he said, oh, I did. And I said, you did? He said, yeah, I went for about a couple of weeks and I realized that they were trying to put me in a box I didn't want to be in, so I left. Okay, that, that's a critical decision on his part, not to participate in the Matrix. And so he went off on his own. Now, because he's off on his own, he has developed devices that can do everything from purify water to control weather. He's working on a battery that is a battery that creates electricity using a, um, excuse me, that is using uh, magnets. No rare earth crap and none of that stuff. It's a natural way of, of creating electricity. And it, it's and he's not alone. That is what they are, are completely afraid of. Because, yeah, you can do God stuff and you can put make neurons uh, copying a human body, but you don't have the energy in it. Because you're working against the concept of natural law. When you get people like Walt and Tesla and uh, Rife and all those other, you know, very kind of like out there kind of scientists, they were looking at what they saw with the concept of what's on the other side of it? What's on the other side of it? How do we, what is this all about? It wasn't a preconceived notion of how can I use this to make a weapon? And that's the fundamental difference between 
the mentality of the cabal, if you want to call them the black knights as they think of themselves. Um, if, if, you, if you want that, then that's what you're looking at. You're always looking at a scientific advancement as something to be able to use to control somebody. But people like Walt and all those others, they're looking to simply follow the science. And I, I said, and if you read the Shungite reality book that I wrote, there's a whole section on, on how Walt made Shungite understandable. Because I would be able to see it, other people would be able to see this magical stuff it was doing. But Walt was able to look at that, and then, you know, I said to him, "What, what, what is? It? How do you go about this?" And he says, "Well, I look at a situation, and I say, huh, how did that happen?' And then I try to duplicate it." He said, "But once I understand what the science is behind it, he says, then the next question is, is how can it? How can I make it work for me?" And that's when he'd go from scientifically understanding that shungite as a nugget would change the electromagnetic field in your house from being very damaging to being very healing. So, but you got nuggets. So, if you got nuggets, how are you going to apply these? You're going to put nuggets all over the place? So, he takes it to the next step, you know, and so then... Well, you know, there's this uh, shungite powder. What could we do with that? And I said, Let, let's take the shungite powder and put it in some kind of a, a sticker or something that you can apply to whatever. And so then he goes through the process of making these things. And, and at that by that time, we had uh, the shungite raw powder that we used with the uh, what was called the Bucky Band-Aids. And um, so we... we we get it. It does make a difference. At that time, this was back in 2014. At that time, cell phones would heat up terribly. Oh my God, they'd just be heating up. And so, when you put the sticker on it, you wouldn't have that heat up thing. The batteries would last longer. Uh, the phone would seem to be more alive. It was. It was just a different experience. But there was still something that I was detecting. So. I said to him, a friend of mine, the the silver on the wire wrapped in the pendant is disappeared. And he said, oh, well, silver will migrate. And so they found that in electronics, that silver solder, you go in a few years later and you look at it, it's not where it was put. It's going wherever it wants to go. So gold is what you want to use in electronics, not silver, because of that particular situation. So... Now he's, okay, all right, let's look at that. So he looks at that and he thinks about it, and then he takes colloidal silver, which is, uh, it's like a solution of nanoparticles of silver, and he put um, some nuggets in it. And sure enough, the silver was attracted to the shungite, and instead of having a, a brownish color to the solution, it now was clear. And when he looked at the shungite, the nuggets, you could see there was now a sil- silver gleam in them. And he tried to scrape it off, and it's not on the surface. It's actually embedded into the nugget. So, wow, you know, this is really it. So then, then he takes it the next step, and he does it with the powder. Okay? And he puts the powder in there, and all of a sudden the powder now attracts the, it. So you've got the powder and it's completely filled with these nanoparticles of silver. 
that was the key to creating the uh, S4 stickers, which because every single piece of shungite is an energetic hole into itself. When you got a whole bunch of powder, it's like having, you know, thousands of nuggets. And the smaller you get with shungite, the more energetic it becomes. So when you've got that now, this very, very powerful kind of a signal uh, controller, and you put it on a phone, the thing that was missing was the in telecommunications, you don't just have a sine wave, the up and down wave, you actually have a square wave. It's a complicated wave. So the shungite by itself would hit the wave, but it's a complicated one, so it would bounce back. You couldn't turn it. You couldn't get it out of its bad frequency, uh, not frequency, but the way that it was turning, the spin, because it would just bounce back. But with addition to the with the silver, and I can't tell you why, the door to the quantum, which is what you've got when you've got the C60 and the shungite, just any shungite, is you're pulling in from the quantum field. You're pulling in proto-energy into reality. And it's fueling the shungite to put out a massive energy field that can do all the magical things that it seemingly does. It's energy overwhelming other energies to make a change. And when you when we had that, now that square wave would actually the the spin would be reversed. But this is the way that a godly, caring person goes after science. It's not somebody that is fundamentally flawed and is trying is on a power trip to control other people. So what's the difference between good and evil? It's not the technology. It's not the knowledge. It's what you do with the knowledge. So we know that we've got powers that they, the other side, is very much afraid of. They're powers that are divine and given by God. Whatever your God is, the source all that I am, you know, I mean, whatever you think it is. And um, that's why I say that when, when I listen to people who are coming around to the concept, particularly the scientists, the ones that have all the, you know, credentials, like Dr. Duncan, when you, when you, when you talk, listen to them. Uh, lawyers, another group of people that have gone from the law is the law is the law, to, oh, maybe there is a spiritual law <laughs> or a cosmic law that is out there. They have also gone with the way of knowledge, but knowledge for the benefit of all, not for the, the elite or a small group. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're in a spiritual war. Agreed. Uh, so one of the um, interview highlights I took note of is around the, I mean, if, if you go to the original uh, clip on, on, on Facebook, at 202, that uh, um, a form of lying is lying through omission of reframing. And so that's why I was saying earlier to constantly question even those that you rely on for, for information, and in, 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 especially in this theater where you've got the narrative control, you've got, you know, information warfare, asymmetrical, unrestricted, hyperdimensional, multilayered, all of that stuff. So, um, 
you know, one of my favorites in, in, in how to question is, is Dr. Shiva Ayadurai. He's a good follow on Twitter and Facebook where all this stuff about Twitter, he told us in 2020, uh, brought it to the go government, Congress, gave the structure of the back end, you know, trapdoors, all of that stuff. It was involved specifics. And so now, you know, it becomes big news because certain gatekeepers said, you know, put it out front. <clears throat> so you can't fall for this Milgram experiment thing of like always trusting certain authorities, even after what happened, you know, the last few years. Uh, it, it's I don't know what it is in, in uh, like a lack of life force or just. Um, so it's good to have other people who dig in deeper. That's why the whole conspiracy theorist theory thing has has taken off and like <clears throat> how how these people have been right. You know what you've been talking about for years and decades. And so. Um, what was I going with that? Yeah, this thing of, of fear and and. Uh, uh, Robert Duggan was saying that the as, as far as tools and weapons, the military is the first to use it. And because that's the way humans are and, and built with fear. And um, and so he was talking about, and I'm sure this has been used of, of uh, him being a weapons designer, that you can teleport viruses to any country. But then you can also use not just nanotech, <clears throat> but but uh, biomimetics and frequency to use um, to for whatever a, a virus is, is supposedly doing that a frequency can do that. And so you played Beverly, Dr. Beverly Rubrick before that wrote that science paper and she has tons of presentations on YouTube of, uh, you know, uh, uh, 5G can mimic the COVID-19 symptoms, but that's just a form of radiation sickness. So how much more is that palette expanded? Because we know, and, and uh, Dr. Brian Artis has detailed this in various interviews, that the CIA had a heart attack gun in the 70s in a con congressional hearing about it. So how much more advanced is it now, right? So thank goodness um, uh, Robert Duncan is available on, on Twitter, Facebook, interviews, um, just a resource. And, and like, okay, so how do we apply this? So he has the, the two books in terms of, of, of targeting and TIs and the different kinds of technologies that, that um, Intel agencies have been using, at least what he's allowed to share while still being alive, right? <clears throat> And so that's why we have to have flexibility in belief, suspension of disbelief to be more explorative in how to set up our armor layering. And that's why we, you know, I, I like, I, can't, I listen to, to Nancy's shows weekly, regularly. And so uh, they're free, but, you know, I always ask in the other shows, if people can donate to mysticalwares.com, <clears throat> even a small donation, if you don't find anything to buy, um, I mean, people can always use Shanghai powder for their plants. Uh, if not, get the more advanced version, the B powder, the S4 powder to put on people, <clears throat> you know, their shoes or what have you. Um, but I always try to buy a little something here and there, uh, um, giving away stickers to people. You know, if, if you want to make that change and and um, give people a wider perspective and, and increase the life force, that's what it is. They have to <clears throat> have a bigger battery. And so you can't change that consciously. That's why with the Shungite powder, the Shungite uh, silver magnets, you put it in their car, their chair, you know, so they don't have to think about it. You know, people just want to have it on and then like go on autopilot. 
and so it just works from from uh, the bottom up like what Walt was Walt is uh, talking about so um <clears throat> people want to do that whole thing of change i mean i, I follow a lot of people where it, it's too late to change people now you know we just have to like like what you're saying get out of the way of the stampede going off the cliff but there are still other options of, of uh biohacking so it's about expansion of the life force so people can have a wider view um <clears throat> when we had played ken rolla um i don't know sometime last year in his interview that it makes sense that there's a rogue ai going from planet to planet and <clears throat> giving people this gift of technology but then hijacking um consciousness and energy that way and so um you know you got the black goo thing and then different sci-fi shows and, and, and movies um covering this so yeah i don't know nancy um um i just go back to your say what show because that was pretty incredible from saturday yeah it was certainly a different type of show but it did demonstrate what was happening were that two people were talking about the grief of losing a loved one and being very honest about you know how difficult it is and and very open um very cathartic kind of there's got to be an awful lot of people out there feeling the same way but it also introduces you to the fact that in Rick's case his wife was talking to Dolly yes she's on the other side but there was a whole conversation that went down from somebody that's on the other side we say well, well nobody's come back from the dead yes they have continually that's what metaphysicians have been doing forever talking to the dead people not because they're dead I mean they don't like they don't think of themselves as dead they just think of themselves as transitioned out of the third dimensional body they're not dead nobody dies so you know but I, I do want to point out that um on sunday february 26th this year coming up the end of the month february um between three and six pacific time derek condit is going to have a class called inner expansion it's a three-hour course but on top of just having the curriculum that he's going to present uh, that includes, uh, oh gee, remote viewing, energy healing, uh, how to get in contact with your own beingness, this, the, how, to, how to learn to tap into the innate and God-given abilities that we have, but nobody tells us about, and it's difficult to, to do it if you don't know that <laughs> you possibly could do it. Um, so... That course, it, and he also gives you uh, like a $25 gift bag of different Shanghai energy devices, and you get a half an hour uh, live session with Derek. I think it's for $99 plus the three-hour show that you're going to be able to download. It's an incredible value, uh, not just for the money, but for your time. I I know Derek. I I mean I. <laughs> I've known a lot of super, super open and talented people from all walks of life, but, you know, particularly metaphysics. I've met shamans. I've worked with shamans. And I can tell you that out of all the people that I've ever met, Derek is the one that has 
more information than others do because he's got he's been gifted he's been sent here to demonstrate what we can become and it's nothing and he'll tell you it's not anything that is specific to Derek but it is because he's that's his mission to be an emissary of showing what you can do and teaching being able to teach it and being able to demonstrate it so i highly recommend that you uh that you do catch that particular uh event it is limited to 25 people because he wants to give people the ability to be able to ask questions and to get one-on-one for the group you know and, and every time you bring a group together you're bringing an energy bubble so the people that you know feel guided to to be there um i think we'll have an amazing i know we'll have an amazing experience with this so i highly recommend that you uh that you look into that um okay so let's see what what else have we got here that he was talking about that i might want to i mean i've been keeping an eye on his on his uh, new book he's working on um emergent minds creating higher creating high order intelligences from a single brain is this uh, De- duncan or derek <laughs> oh duncan sorry um but <clears throat> Derek has your uh, Shanghai book, of course, available in his store, mysticalwars.com. Everyone should have that. And, and, and you can get Cosmic Reality, um, the book. You can get it as a PDF downline. You can buy it in Amazon. You can buy it, it with Derek. But you can get the free PDF on uh, cosmicreality.com and go to the one that says blogs, books and blogs by N.L. Hopkins. That's me. And click on that, and you'll find it. You can download the the entire book for free. So, and it'll give you. <clears throat> I love the book because it did what I intended it to do. When I was doing the research that we do, we do them for radio shows. When I was doing it, I didn't have a radio show. Um, I had written books and was a writer professionally. That's what I did in business. So I wanted to write a book, but you don't have the time to write a book. To write books, you have to be totally dedicated. And so what I would do is I would research something, and then I would write, which is essentially a briefing on what I just read. And it would be a few paragraphs of, you know, this, this information. And, well, over years, I had compiled this library of all these little yeah, briefings, and I took it and put it together under the, the book uh, Cosmic Reality. The, see, Cosmic Reality is really two books. The first book was one that I had written and, and uh, was done in the 80s. And it's called The John Kennedy Jesus Christ Connection. Because in researching that and where it led me, it led me to the woo land. You know, I went, I went down the rabbit hole. I took the red pill. And if you if you read it it's it's autobiographical i'm not just telling you what i learned i'm telling you how i learned it because the that's that to me is what we're doing is we're learning but how are you learning well the people that listen to cosmic reality and all those other wonderful wonderful shows that are out there now when you're listening to that you are taking command of what you're learning 
you are putting yourself ex to, into experiences of different thoughts, different people, different ways of perceiving reality. If you don't take that control over your own experiences, like see, go to Derek's course. If you don't do that, what happens is that you're just like a, you know, a leaf on a, in a river. You're just floating back and forth and back and forth and, you know, good luck. So take control of your life and just start to reach out to people around you too. You know, there's not going to be too many people that understand what you're, you may be seeing, but there will be some. And you can always come to cosmic reality. That's why people come there. Because it's a place where people talk about the things that matter. And in talking about them, in thinking about them, we are influencing the collective consciousness of humanity. The hive mind, if you will, of humanity. All the thoughts of every single human being is there. And if you don't have anybody thinking the way we think, then all they get is the bad stuff. But we're overpowering them because... There's only so much you can, there's not much, the bad stuff tries to keep you in a box so you can't think, so you can't use your imagination. So they're pretty limited. So the area where you got all this crap, all the evil kind of things that don't work, evil is just, it doesn't work. Um, all that, that stuff over there, there's not a lot of it because there's not intuition and you know imagination and creativity and the desire to learn none of that's there so it's not a very big part of the hive collective consciousness of humanity and the hive mind uh neural link things that they want to put you in you know is like eh, good luck with that that you know not gonna work doesn't work you don't have the life force in you if you can't imagine, if you can't dream, if you can't feel joy and love and gratitude and appreciation, well, you know, you're not alive. So you'll fizzle out. The energy's not there to keep it going. I mean, people say we won. Well, yeah, we won because there's only one one winner. It's the winner of life. And the rest of it is anti-life. So, yeah, we won because, you know, God's got angels up there watching the situation <laughs> saying, no, let's... Let's be careful here, you know. Don't go there. That technology stuff's going to get you into a zo zone of zombies, mind-controlled. Come with us. We're, you know, we have so much fun. And there's a lot of people out there that are just doing it. And that says we've got to stop the show because we've run out of time. So um, this is a pre-recorded. We thank you for listening. We hope we've... Uh, well, first off, we've introduced you to some very interesting people. Hopefully you can, you know, find out more from them and about them. We'll put links down. And do you want to say uh, adios here, Mr. Mark? Yeah, you could follow Robert Duncan also on Tim underscore capital E underscore Lord. Uh, but he's in Australia, so he hasn't posted in like a week. So thanks, everybody. See you on the Shungat Show. Be safe. Be blessed. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Radio 5G, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening.